Hit well into center field. That one's carrying out at center. It's out of here. Oh, Johnny with a pinch hit home run. At the plate is Mike Trout. The pitch on its way. It's blasted out to dead center field. Out of here. Ball gets away. He's going to break for the plate. Ball game is over. The Angels with a walk-off win here in the bottom of the ninth inning. This is the Angels Recap Podcast, a review of the past week in Angels baseball. Here's your host, Trent Rush. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Angels Recap Podcast. My name is Trent Rush. Man, I'm excited to be with you today because we got a lot to talk about here on the Angels Recap Podcast. We are taping this on the Tuesday before the Angels begin their second-to-last road trip of the season when they're going to take on the San Diego Padres at Petco later on tonight. So uh, if you're listening to this later in the week, just know this is when we're recording this, right after the Angels just finished off their second-to-last homestand of the season. A homestand that started promising, split with San Diego, took two or three from the Yankees, then win the first two games against the Texas Rangers, though didn't finish so strong as uh, the Halos end up dropping those last couple of games. But here's what we got in store for you here on the show today. Today because, I mean, there's a lot to get to. There were some things that I really liked what I saw on this last homestand, um, and, and that's in regards to Joe Adele. We're going to talk more about Joe Adele coming up in a bit. Also, a case for David Fletcher on why he absolutely deserves to be a gold glover here for the 2021 season. Joe Mann will tell you there's nobody else. I mean, just look around the league. Look who plays second base. David Fletcher needs to be a second baseman gold glover. That being said, might not be so easy the way they do the fan or the way they do the gold glove voting, not fan voting, but they use fan graphs and they use the ultimate zone ratings and the metrics end up playing a role. And for whatever reason, the metrics really don't favor David Fletcher at all. But Anybody that watches him, it's very clear to see. This guy is a gold glove caliber second baseman. He's like, it's like having another shortstop on the field. Fletch is that good. And also on our show today, a conversation with the Goose, Phil Gosselin. Uh, what a year. Uh, Phil Gosselin has had. I mean, comes over from the Philadelphia Phillies. You think he's going to be, you know, a bench player for this Angels team, and all of a sudden he's thrust into a role with all the injuries where he's playing all of the time. He really pounds left-handed pitching too. And I think that's an important thing for the Angels moving forward because for a long time, for whatever reason, the Angels always struggled against lefties, and Phil Gosselin hits lefties well. So that's an important part of why the Angels, I think, have had quite a bit of success against left-handers, certainly more so than years past. So it'd be interesting to see how that plays out moving forward. You know, I think Phil Gosselin is the kind of player that can help you win a championship. I, I, I think Gosselin is a championship kind of a player. I also think that when he has a role as maybe being a super you guy, where he comes off the bench and he maybe he ends up playing three, four times a week, but he comes off your bench. He's maybe not on your opening day starting nine. But Gosselin does so many little things really well, not just hitting left-handers, but I think he plays pretty solid defense. I think he's got a really good swing. He pounds the baseball. I mean, he really does. And he can play all over the place. We've seen him at third. We've seen him at first. We've seen him in the outfield. Phil Gosselin fits a lot of different areas that can help you win a championship. I think he is a winning player. 
And that's the highest compliment I can give to a player is that he's a winning player. I think Phil Gosselin is a winner. Just watch him. Uh, He does so many things really well. And I'd like to see uh, him continue to be a part of this organization. Also because he's got a veteran presence and can be a leader in the room as well. And uh, he and I got into some of that also. I mentioned this last week. When you're just looking at who could be on the Angels bench moving forward, you know, three pieces this year that have all stepped up. Jack Mayfield. Uh, Juan Lagares and then Goslin. I mean, those are all pieces that I think can help you win. Veteran players, but also guys that can embrace maybe a role where they're not necessarily playing every day and still find a way uh, to be productive and, and help you win. That you love to see. And I, I think that we're going to continue to see uh, some of that. I hope we do moving forward. You know, just talking about Jack Mayfield, we're seeing him more at shortstop right now. We're seeing Luis Rangifo more at shortstop right now. He is back up after uh, Jose Iglesias uh, was released uh, during this past homestand. Uh, you know, Jose Iglesias had some error trouble early on defensively, uh, botched some routine plays, made some spectacular plays too. Uh, the batting average. Uh, ended up being a, probably about what you thought it was going to be. And uh, then he had a, a two-error game uh, early on last week. I think it was against San Diego. So uh, ends up sitting for a couple days in a row. The Angels uh, end up releasing him. And uh, Jose Iglesias uh, now in Boston. And uh, we're wishing him all the best moving forward. Also opens the door for what are the Angels going to do at the shortstop position moving forward. But getting back to Phil Goslin, our guest today. Here's Angels manager Joe Madden talking about the goose and just what he brings. Joe, coming into this season, I don't know that anybody expected Phil Gosselin to be like your everyday three-hole hitter, Uh, but he steps into this role this year and has had pretty good success. Just what can you say about the job he's done and also the leadership that he's been able to bring to this group? You're right. I mean, talking about him, uh, Mayfield's ascended, but and so is I'm looking at Lagares, but you're right. I mean, Goose has just been different. Um, He's... Who would have ever thought you'd have put him in a three-hole behind Shohei, and it kind of worked out okay, right? Um, his at-bats are consistently good. He hits the ball in the barrel as often as anybody on this team. It's incredible. I, his former nickname was Barrels. This guy does do that. He's on the barrel. You stand Again, you stand right here, and you hear that sound. Uh, a lot of his outs have been hard outs, too. But beyond that, he's gotten better defensively. He's worked very hard uh, first, third, and in the uh, when we put him in left field. I, t- I think I told you guys before, Boa, Larry, the moment we got him, just was on the phone with me. You're going to love this guy. He could he could wake up in the middle of the night. He's kind of like Listella. Wake up in the middle of the night, give you good at bat. That's that's kind of like the right-handed version of Tommy. Uh, but his his way is outstanding. And you know, I love that he's here, but he's, he's, he'd be like one of the, as a National League player, if, they, if in fact they continue to not use a DH, which they should continue to do, he is like, Absolutely the perfect National League player. Unbelievably perfect. Well, I think the Angels certainly have been able to appreciate the role that he has filled in this season. His birthday, by the way, will be on the final day of the season, October the 3rd. Uh, Gosselin is going to be turning 33 there, but a 278 hitter this season. Gosselin has stepped into this role and has been really good for the Angels and is also a big Eagles fan. We'll talk about that with the Goose. Um, I might even ask uh, Phil Gosselin who's the bigger Eagles fan. Is it him or Mike Trout? Might be kind of fun uh, to get uh, the Goose's answer on. On that. So without further ado, here is our conversation with Angels utility player, Phil Gosselin. All right, we're down in the Angels dugout right now with Phil Gosselin. Phil, first of all, I got to know, 
I've heard Philly G. I've heard Goose. What, where, where are we at with the nicknames these days? Uh, I guess Goose is kind of everyone's gone with it here. Uh, no one ever really called me that my whole life. Some guys when I was coming up with Atlanta called me that. Um, more friends with him, I guess, Philly. Just that straight up. But no, we'll, we'll stick with the Goose. It seems to be working here. See, I feel like your Philly brethren, Mark Gubazov, may have had something to do with that or not. I know he's within earshot right now. But uh, uh, how much of that do you attribute to a Gooby, the all-time great nicknamer that he is? <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll give him all the credit. Why not? We'll <laughs> stick with the – always looking out for my fellow uh, Interac and Philly guy. Very good. Hey, you've been a part of a lot of organizations. This is the seventh club you've been a part of. You know, Joe Madden keeps talking about this team and, and just kind of the culture that's being built here. Just from your perspective, having been around for a minute, what do you see when you're in the room with these guys and what's starting to get built here? Um, yeah, it's, we're, we're definitely trending in the right direction. Um, playing 500 ball right now, we want to be better, but at the same time, we've had a lot of injuries. Mike's been out you know, most of the year. Anthony's been out a lot of the year. Justin, a ton of guys have been on the DL, and I think it's shown, you know, giving guys opportunities to step up and prove that they can, you know, hopefully be part of the future moving forward. Um, and yeah, everybody's everybody's pulling in the same direction. We got a good thing going. Um, we're hoping to finish strong, and never know what can happen here. But yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It's it's definitely one of the better, it's more enjoyable experiences I've had. And like you said, I've been with seven organizations, so I feel like I've got a good feel for the different spots and everything here's been good. Part of this season, too, is, man, there are so many young guys here. We were just watching you guys do some work with all the pitchers, and I'm looking around going, man, I, it's hard to recognize all the faces out there. I mean, there's so many new players that weren't even here two weeks ago. So from your perspective, like, what do you feel like you can bring just as a leader with these guys and just trying to help, you know, get these guys assimilated into Major League Baseball? Yeah, you just got to be available if they have any questions, um, getting used to the big league lifestyle on and off the field, because a lot of it's off the field, stuff that you've never had to deal with before, the travel, um, dealing with interviews, media stuff that you've never had to do in the minor league. So just being available for those guys, um, you know, you don't want to say too much because they've obviously been pretty good to get to this point, so you don't want to you know, say too much to them at this point. But if they come and ask any questions, just be available to the guys and make them feel as comfortable as possible because it's the biggest thing. When you first get called up sometimes, it can be really intimidating and Sometimes that transfers over and you don't play as good because you're not comfortable. So we try to make everybody as comfortable as we can in the clubhouse. Yeah, because I mean, I'm, I'm watching Butter out there and he's he's talking the guys up. In some ways, it feels like it's spring training. I mean, for, for for some of them, I know you know the amount of games you've played in this year and the way this season has gone doesn't feel that way for you, I'm sure. But but for these guys, um, I would imagine that that could be in some ways probably a tough thing to have to deal with at this point, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, like you're, we were joking, we were meeting guys on the mound, you know, somebody would come in to make their debut, and that was the first time we'd met them in some cases. Yeah. Um, but it's good to, you know, we're hitting on some fundamental stuff with the younger guys because they've, a lot of them started in high A, double A this year. Um, and there's never a bad time to go over that stuff and really harp on it and, you know, figure it out in terms of, you know, bond plays and all that stuff. You always need work at that stuff. So it's been, it's been, uh, it's a little weird because it's the end of the year and you're doing a lot more of that than you usually do, but it's also good for even the veteran guys or refreshers and to stay on top of that stuff. And it does show the younger guys how important it is even at the end of the season. Yeah. I was also, you know, for you, mentioned being from Philly, you came over from the Phillies, spent some time for your hometown organization. I just think back to when I was a kid, man, that would have been so cool to play for your hometown team. What was that experience like? I would imagine you get all your friends and family probably hitting you up for tickets every single night. Uh, but what was it like playing for your hometown team? Um, it was great. I mean, overall, it was amazing. Uh, yeah, I was a Phillies fan growing up. Uh, always dreamed of it. Probably never thought it was a realistic thing. I was, you know, was never the best player or anything like that. I was always good as a kid, but I don't think anyone was like, oh, that kid's going to play in the big leagues. Um, so it was a dream. Um, overwhelming at times, like you're saying, with inter you know family, friends, everybody wants to come see you. And 
and it's cool because everybody was a part of the journey in, in a big or small way, depending on who they were, and you want to include them, but it can definitely be overwhelming at times. But overall, it was awesome. I'll, uh, I'll always cherish the two years there. Um, you know, it's, it's something that it was, it's a dream come true. You know, most kids don't get to live that out. But we also know, like, the reputation for Phillies fans, and like, that's a tough place to play. How many of, like, your friends would, like, get on you? Would you ever Would you ever get that from your boys? Uh, not really. <laughs> Luckily, my friends aren't big baseball fans, like all my high school friends. Um, it's a lot of lacrosse guys and stuff that I was okay. friends with. So, luckily, they don't care too much about baseball. So, they uh, they don't give it to me too bad. And uh, my family's always really supportive. Even if I have a terrible game, they'll, they'll lie to me and tell me I was good. So, uh, I was lucky from that perspective. The fans weren't too bad to me. You mentioned how you were never, like, the best player on your team growing up or any of that. I mean, your numbers at Virginia were just stupid. I mean, all-time leader in hits at one point. I mean, it just, just the amount of hits you've had there and the success you had in college, that's hard to do. Um, and then, obviously, a, a long big league career that you've had also. When do you feel like the shift was for you when, like, baseball started making sense and maybe you were uh, starting to become the best guy on your team? Um, I'd say probably, like, end of high school. I, I was kind of a late bloomer. I was, like, 5'4 when I went to high school. So I was just small. Um, I was always athletic and pretty good and everything, but I was super small. Kind of hit my career spurt later. And then when I was getting towards the end of high school, um, some schools started recruiting me and that stuff. So that, that was kind of when I turned the corner a little bit. And then Virginia was just an awesome experience. The, the culture there was amazing. We won a lot. A lot of good guys. A lot of my best friends still that I play with. And that, that obviously helped me make the jump too. And then, you know, pro, I think they really set me up good for pro ball. Like I knew how to handle myself. Whereas sometimes it's tougher for the high school kids. They have Going right from high school baseball to pro is really tough, and the transition, they really eased the transition for me college. But, yeah, I guess the end of high school is when I realized, like, I, I could, you know, at least play in college and then see where it goes from there. Well, now here on this Angels team, I think coming into the year, you're looking at the the roster and the lineup, and it's like, okay, well, you know, where's Goose make sense? Is it going to be just kind of a utility guy kind of all over? Well, now we've seen you pretty much playing every day. You've been hitting the three spot a lot this year. What's it been like for you to have this kind of a role on this team this season? <laughs> it's weird. It's, I'm yeah. not used to it. Uh, <laughs> weird in a good way, obviously, but, yeah, yeah you don't you – always, I would always hear guys talking about you kind of just show up. You don't really need to check the lineup because you know you're in there. And that's pretty much been the case here for the last little while. I've played, you know, pretty much every game. Um, so it's been cool. It's, you definitely have a little more. There's there's more comfort. Um, you know, you don't try to do too much necessarily because you're gonna have a lot of chances to help out the team. Um, and in terms of where I'm playing or hitting, just, just try to have good at bats, make the plays. Not ch try to simplify it. I've gotten way better at that as as I've gotten older. Not trying to like, you know, get a million hits at once or make web jam every time. Just just kind of be yourself, make the routine plays, good at bats, and the rest takes care of itself. Which you know, if I had this opportunity earlier in my career, I don't know if I would have been able to do it as well. But with experience, it's helped me out a lot, just being able to handle it all. Well, because, I mean, you go from when you get a pinch hit situation, it's like that, that is big-time pressure. I mean, you have to come through, and you only know how many opportunities you're going to get. Just how much more freedom do you feel like you have knowing that you're going to be in the lineup pretty much every day? Yeah, you're not uh, pinch hitting a lot of times. You can have a great at bat, but you end up striking out, and then you're out of the game, and you're just thinking yeah. about that one at bat. So it's definitely a lot more free knowing that, like, you're going to get – four at bats a lot of nights you're going to have a chance to make an adjustment if you're feeling certain things at the plate um so yeah it's been a lot of fun and um it's been really, the group of guys has been great too they've been really welcoming and supportive of me i've got a bigger role and you know been playing more like mike and those guys have said a lot of good things to me which always helps i mean do you feel like you get to have a bigger voice i guess because i mean that like i think i would imagine most of your teammates understand your background that you've been around for a little bit you know what it's like to play major league baseball but like when you're playing all the time does that maybe give you more credit as a leader that you kind of get to have that inherently just by playing every day 
Yeah, there's just there's this aspect of that, sure. I think uh, guys know I've played for a while, um, but I've always kind of been a bench player and stuff. So there is a little more credibility to you can relate more when you're playing every day. And, you know, if Brandon Marsh or one of those younger guys that's playing every day has, has a question or whatever, I can, you know, they trust that I'd, I've been through some of the things that they have and all that. So it's definitely uh, it's helped from that perspective in terms of, you know, being able to relate to guys a little more because I've literally never played every day. So, you know, except for the minor leagues. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a little different perspective that guys guys respect. Who's the bigger Eagles fan, you or uh, 27? <laughs> I think Mike's got that one locked up. He's at every game. <laughs> I think that the TV finds him at every single game. So I'm excited. I think we're going to get we're going to end up going to uh, Eagles Cowboys here in a few weeks oh, when nice. we're in, when we're in Dallas. So Mike's going to hook that up. So that'll be fun. But we're both we're both pretty, pretty big time Eagles fans. So it's cool to have somebody in the locker room to talk to it about. How are they going to be this year? Uh, I think they'll be all right. They'll be in the mix for the division. Division's not the best. Um, so I'm hoping for division title, getting the playoffs. But um, I think it'll be a good year. they got a lot of young guys, new coaching staff. So I think, it, you know, worst case, they'll at least so – you'll get to see what you have with the future a lot, and a lot of guys will get good experience. But I'm hoping for a playoff berth. I think it can happen. I, I, I got faith, but I also got T. Smith and I got Gooby harping on that all the time. Hey, Goose, I really appreciate it. Thank you. I know it's a game day, so I appreciate you spending this kind of time with us. Seriously, congratulations on everything you've done this year. It's been uh, fun watching you, and uh, we hope to see you for a long time here at the Halos. Thanks. It's finished up strong. Certainly appreciate Phil Gosselin giving us that kind of time on a game day, uh, no less. That was pretty cool to spend that time uh, with Phil Gosselin. Want to shift gears for a moment and talk about a player that, uh, you know, Gosselin being somebody that has been a, a big league journeyman, has always been mostly a bench player, stepped into a big role this year. Well, on the other side of that, Joe Adele, an up-and-comer in this Angels organization, former top prospect, somebody that there are very, very high hopes for here at the Major League level. There are some interesting things we're seeing with Joe Adele right now. And for one, the two home run game that he had on Sunday against the Texas Rangers, for me, might have been a light bulb kind of game. It was fun talking with Tim Salmon. So the Kingfish uh, always stops by our radio booth. Him and Mark Langston naturally want to spend a lot of time talking to each other, former teammates. And it's always fun for me. I love the opportunity just to be a fly on the wall for their conversations, and I try to absorb as much as they can. I feel like I got a PhD in baseball listening to those two go at it. You get Langer from the pitching side, Salmon from the hitter side. It's really fun hearing them kind of spar in that way. I mean, it's just incredible baseball insight there. And Tim Salmon was talking about some things that he's been seeing with Joe Adele and Jeremy Reed's been working on with Joe Adele right now. And a lot of what you're seeing, too, is Joe's kind of that waggle where he's getting his timing and getting that part of the idea is trying to get him a little bit more on his front foot to generate some power yes but mostly to get those hands quicker to the baseball trying to speed up Joe Adele's hands and trying to get that rhythm get that timing it was fascinating hearing Tim Salmon talk about what he used to do in the box and why he kind of would do that bat waggle and try to get the rhythm that he could get uh, so he got his hands up a little bit so that he'd get quicker to the baseball Really interesting stuff Tim Salmon was talking about noticing, and he saw a change in what Joe Adele is trying to do. Sure enough, it's the one in the bullpens, and then later in that same game goes opposite field and hits one just over that yellow line on the right field wall. So two home runs for Joe Adele. It was great to see that. And even the next day, he didn't have the same results, but he drew a good walk. It's very clear that Joe Adele is seeing the baseball a lot better right now. Picking up the ball picking up the hands, and all of that started when Alex Cobb was throwing uh, just like a, a rehab bullpen trying to get back. 
Joe Adele went and stood in the box, and he wasn't swinging. He was just tracking. As Cobb was firing him in there, Adele would stand in the box, get his timing, get his hands set where he wanted to be, and just observe, get that speed, be able to pick that up. Those are the kind of things, the little things that might end up being turning points in a player's career. And for Adele, it's obvious to me he's seeing the baseball better right now. He drew a good walk in that game on Monday. And then he had another really hard hit ball that he ends up beating out for an infield single. He's got great speed. I don't know how many times this has ever happened. Joe Adele hit the ball 113 miles an hour off the bat and was still able to beat it out. Typically, if you hit a ball that sharply, uh, you got no shot going down the line. But Adele hits a hot shot to short, gets on his horse, races to first, and beats it out for an infield hit. That's a really good sign to me. That's the kind of thing that I'm really encouraged by watching Joe Adele. Those are good at-bats. Did he have the same results as the two-home run game the day before? No, not at all. But you could still see what he is doing at the plate and his approach is better right now. Adele continues to ascend. That's good, and it's it's not done either. It's got to continue happening. That's why this final month is so important for the Angels. It's so important for guys like Joe Adele, and I'll put Brandon Marsh in that same conversation as well. These are players that need this time here at the Major League level. We spent a lot of time talking about the pitchers and trying to sort out who's going to have what kind of role moving forward. But for Adele and Marsh especially to get these kind of looks against Major League Pitching and now going up against really good teams, now getting set to take on you know, the Padres, the Astros, the White Sox, you know, all these, these really tough teams that, you know, the A's, that the Angels are going to have to deal with in 2022, fighting for a playoff spot in September, high-level games. You're going to see best on best. And it's going to be very interesting to see how these young angels are able to handle some of that. That's how you get better. That is where growth happens. And it was interesting that Joe Madden was asked if he felt like Adele is capable of maybe going on a tear after having that two-home run game on Sunday. We've been looking at it a lot. Um, The thing that tells you he can go on a tear is that he's done it already this year in the minor league. So that to be as successful as he's been there tells me he could be that successful here. Um, the biggest thing is he didn't fa- he didn't see his pitch and foul it off. I think that's been the biggest thing to this point is that he's had a lot of good swings. Um, foul ball, foul ball. But yesterday was homer, homer on pitches to me that he had been fouling off. So it's just a matter of squaring those pitches up. That's what really good hitters do and good power hitters do when they see the pitch that they like and get their A-hack off, that it goes that way. So as you start seeing contact moving it forward, I'm talking about, you, you know when he gets his A-hack, you know where the pitch is, you guys can see it on the monitor, and he gets there, man, fouls it straight back. Mm, that's the one you'd like to have back. So when a guy gets really good at this, that pitch that he really likes goes that way. Three pitches, one for the pitcher, one for the umpire, and one for yourself. Don't Make sure that you get yours. That's, I've always, you know, guys that, you're going to complain sometimes about called strikes, called third strikes, and I get it, but that one's for the umpire, and that happens. Pitcher's going to make a nasty pitch. That one's for him. And on a major league level, if you get that thing that you like once in that bat, wow, that's pretty solid. That one's got to go that way. It's as simple. I mean, it's, it is as simple as that. Um, there's certain guys that can move bad pitches. You're looking for a knock. You know, you might get your knock, but to really firm it up and, and, and hit it hard so that you – have a much better chance of missing somebody. If you get one of those per at bat, that's pretty good.
Yeah, you're seeing Joe Adele see the pitch better. You're seeing Joe Adele have a better approach in the box. All that, I think, is a good sign for the Angels right now. Wanted to talk about Shohei Otani for a moment. Of course, we always do. Otani, quite frankly, in a little bit of a funk at the moment. You look at his last 19 games, batting just a buck 62, 11 for 68. He's walked 18 times in there, three of them intentional. He's also struck out 28 times. And while he does have just 11 hits, four of those hits have been home runs, and he has stolen six paces there. I just wanted to point this out because I know we have spent time talking about, hey, can Otani get to the, the 50 homer, 30 stolen base club and what he's done this season? Is he going to get to 10 wins? I said it before. Otani could not take another swing or throw another pitch and still be the MVP this year. But I think we just need to appreciate, before we start looking at additional milestones for Otani to hit, just look at what he has done so far this season. He's got 43 home runs. He's got the 23 stolen bases and nine pitching wins. Okay, here are the list of players. If you take the top 10 active home run leaders in Major League Baseball right now, 43 home runs in a single season, here's what these guys have done. Albert Pujols has hit 43 home runs four times in his career. Miguel Cabrera, who just got to 500, has hit 43 home runs in his career in a single season, two times. Single season, Nelson Cruz, 43 home runs, two times. Stanton, Cano, Votto, Upton, Zimmerman, and even Mike Trout have only hit 43 home runs one time in a season. These are the best active home run hitters in baseball today. That is how rare it is to get to 43 home runs. So that should give even greater appreciation for what Shohei Otani has done this year, let alone the 23 stolen bases Otani has had this year. This season for Otani is beyond phenomenal. I would love to see him get to 50 home runs. I'd love to see him get to 30 bags. I'd love to see him get to 10 wins. All those milestones are still possible. But before we get caught up in hoping for what could come next, just take a second to just appreciate how rare it is and how special it is to see what Shohei has done this year. 43 homer seasons just don't happen. It's very rare. And he's leading all of baseball still in home runs. Pretty hard to fathom. On that front, um, also want to give a shout out uh, to what we're seeing in the uh, some of the other levels of the Angels organization. A couple of Angels pitchers have been named Pitcher of the Week in their respective divisions. We've seen a lot of young arms make their way already to the major league level, uh, but at AAA, Ben Rowan was named the Pitcher of the Week for AAA West after he tossed six relief innings without giving up a single hit. He walked just one, becomes the first Salt Lake pitcher since Troy Scribner to be named uh, Pitcher of the week for that division and that was back in 2016 and then Ryan Smith the left-hander who's already been called up to AAA well last week was in AA South and he was their pitcher of the week pitching for the Rocket City Trash Pandas his last two starts 13 innings one earned run 16 strikeouts so for all of the young guys that we are seeing kind of up by necessity at the major league level right now there are still more talented pitchers in this organization at lower levels working their way up that are making some noise in their respective divisions. That to me is a good sign. That to me is the sign of an organization that is demonstrating some depth, that is showing that there is potential, that there is optimism, that there is hope in this system, and that it's pretty loaded with pitchers and you look at the draft you you take 19 you know you sign 19 arms you go 20 for 20 in draft picks the only guy that didn't sign was the 20th round pick 
So you bring all of these new pitchers, all this fresh wave of pitching talent into the Angels organization. It is very obvious to me. The Angels are big-time believers in drafting and developing, and that's how they feel this organization is going to get better. It's going to be a a team that's going to be known for pitching. That's what Perry Manassian is trying to create here with the Angels. It's pretty cool to watch, no question. All right, last thing I hear on our podcast, I want to bring this up. I'm going to let Joe do some of the talking for me here because David Fletcher has absolutely, in my mind, proven that he is a gold-glove caliber second baseman. It's like having another shortstop on the field. He takes the shortstop role in most defensive alignments. Fletch is that good. What I love about David Fletcher is not only his range and ability to get to really tough plays, but how quick he is at exchanges. Double plays are automatic with David Fletcher. His exchange is instant, and he always is firing off a good throw over to first base. Really, really impressed by the defensibility of David Fletcher. Now, 75% of the Gold Glove voting is based on the eye test and how other managers feel about David Fletcher. The other 25% is about the metrics. And the metrics, quite frankly, don't set up well for David Fletcher. For whatever reason, they knock him on his range. Just watch David Fletcher. It's very easy to see how good this guy is. I think every Angel fan is well aware that David Fletcher deserves to be a gold glover here in 2021. And uh, Joe Madden was asked the other day if he's done any politicking with some of the folks that uh, have an impactful voice for uh, the Rawlings Gold Glove Award on if he's done any campaigning for David Fletcher. I, everybody, I, yeah, when I, 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 I can't say I've campaigned in that manner. Whenever I do talk to them, his name always comes up, always comes up. Uh, it's just so obvious. It's just so obvious. I mean, I, you can't even stand here and name another second baseman that would even, uh, you could say, in the same breath. Both leagues. I'm going both leagues now. If there's a platinum glove, that is platinum. That's not even gold. That should be considered platinum. I don't even know what the uh, criterion is for that, but that's platinum. I'm so a Joe Madden. I think he is dead on. David Fletcher has been that spectacular. I'm just hoping that some of the people that maybe don't watch Angels baseball all the time, maybe at least we're able to see Fletch turn those five double plays against the Yankees, and maybe that can stick out because Fletch means so much to the heart and the soul of this team defensively. I, I just think he has been as good as you could be. To me, as much of a lock as Shohei Otani is to be the AL MVP this year, David Fletcher should be that much of a lock to get a gold glove at second base. That's how good David Fletcher has been this year. By the way, Angel fans, you can make it a September to remember by joining us here at the Big A. How about this ticket deal going on right now? You can get tickets for a game here at Angel Stadium for as low as $3. All you got to do is visit angels.com slash tickets today. If you feel like, hey, I want to come by, but I want to stay in the comfort of a suite where you can entertain guests with all-inclusive packages, just call 888-796-HALO or visit angels.com slash suite. Stay connected all season long by downloading the Ballpark app, Follow the Angels on social media. Visit angels.com slash social for a list of all the team social media accounts. And on top of all that, if you've decided, hey, you know what? I love Angels baseball. I'm fired up. I'm ready to go for 2022. Well, then you don't want to miss a game. You can become a season seat holder by joining us here at the Big A for every Angels home game in 2022 with season seats. For more information on becoming a season seat holder, call 888-796-HALO or visit angels.com slash season seats. 
That's going to just about do it for us here on the Angels Recap Podcast. My name is Trent Rush. Hey, thanks to all of you for participating, hanging out with us uh, after games on Angels Recap. Thanks to Hannah Stang, Alex Tinio, all the help we get, Howard Dresher for helping put this show together. Hey, thanks to Phil Gosselin for the time that he spent with us uh, to uh, be our special guest here on this podcast. Really cool stuff. There's a lot to look forward to with Angels Baseball. Keep on coming to the ballpark. Keep on watching and listening to your halos. Of course, on the home of Angels Baseball, AM830. We got every Angels game for you. Terry Smith and Mark Langston do such a great job. There's no doubt. These games matter. Every pitch matters. Even if it's not necessarily for the postseason in 2021, it's about building the culture here with Angels Baseball and all that is taking place before our very eyes right now. Have a great rest of your day. This has been the Angels Recap Podcast.